0: This is Mastery Cast. Absolute Monarchs in Europe. Modern World History Lesson 2. First, we're going to look at absolutism in Russia. How is Russia different than Western Europe? First off, serfdom lasted much longer in Russia. Serfs were bound to the land until the mid 1800s. When land was sold, so were the serfs. Secondly, They were geographically isolated and landlocked. There was no access to Western Europe, and during Mongol rule, Russia was cut off for many, many years, thus not keeping up with all of the developments of the Renaissance that occurred in Western Europe. Religion in Russia, Russians were Eastern Orthodox, and Western Europeans were Catholic. One of the first monarchs to look at is Ivan the Terrible, or Ivan IV. During what was referred to as the Bad Period, he turned against the Russian nobles who were called the Boyars. He hunted them down and had them killed. He established a police force dressed in black robes that rode horses. He seized the Boyars' estates and gave them to other nobles, ones who were loyal to him. He also is known for killing his son in a quarrel, which left no heir. The next monarch that is more famous and also thought of to be considered an enlightened monarch, is Peter the Great. With regards to religion, Peter brought it under state control to have more power and oversight over the church. Regarding the power of the nobles, he reduced the power of the nobles. He gave power to lower-ranking families, thereby creating a loyal group of followers. With regards to taxes, like many other absolute monarchs, he imposed heavy taxes on the people. So what made Peter the Great Great? peter the great is most known for westernization westernization is very similar to what we refer to as modernization this is bringing western customs and techniques to russia examples would be introducing potatoes in their diet he started the first newspaper he gave women status in society and his famous trip called the grand embassy tour was when he visited Europe because he recognized that there was a lot of learning that needed to take place if Russia was to basically catch up with the rest of Europe. Upon his return from the Grand Embassy tour, he ordered the nobles to dress in newer, more Western fashion, among other things. Peter is also known for gaining access to Europe. Peter fought Sweden for a piece of the Baltic coast. 21 years later, Russia was able to sail down the Neva River to the Baltic Sea. He renamed this city on the sea, to St. Petersburg. What is Peter's legacy? Westernization of Russia and strengthening Russia, enriching Russian culture with European influences. The next section we're going to look at is absolutism in England. England had a different story when it came to absolutism. They were the first country that attempted to limit the power of the monarchy. First off, a couple words that we should understand. Parliament, is a representative body that makes laws for a nation. Like here in the United States, we refer to it as Congress, which is both the Senate and the House of Representatives. The first question is, do you think the kings got along with Parliament? For the most part, no, because the kings had to ask for permission and were not able to spend money however they pleased. Think of Louis Fourteenth in France. He was able to spend indiscriminately without any sort of limitations being imposed. Whereas in England, the kings were being pressured to basically ask for permission to do certain things. Let's first look at King James I or James Stuart's. First of all, the conditions. He inherited debt from Queen Elizabeth's reign. Political, he used divine right to justify his power. Religiously, he didn't please the Puritans that wanted to purify the English Church of Catholic Practices. King James continued. He fought with Parliament over money for expensive wars and extravagant living. He made the Puritans resentful as he would not institute the reforms in the church. A major turning point in English history. Let's look at Charles I. He dissolved Parliament. He didn't want to have anything to do with it, thereby creating a negative relationship. The result was when Charles I called on Parliament again to get something done. Parliament required Charles I to sign a document before he could receive money. This famous document is called the Petition of Right. This document limited the powers of the king. It said the king would not imprison subjects without due cause. King would not levy taxes without parliament's consent. He would not allow soldiers to be held in private homes during peacetime. And he would not impose martial law during peacetime. Now the question is, did everything change because of the petition of right? Unfortunately, no. Yet it made it clear that law was higher than the king. And so it eventually had an impact. It was a first step in the path towards democracy. What caused the English Civil War? The Royalists, or the Cavaliers, those who were loyal to King Charles, were the Anglicans, versus the Puritans, who sought to purify the church, and they were very much supporters of Parliament. The result? Due to the strong leadership of Oliver Cromwell... The Puritans brought Charles to trial for treason, and he was found guilty and executed. Why is this so significant? Never before had a king been put to death by his subjects. This, again, is a major turning point and lessening the power of absolute monarchs in England. What was the result of Cromwell's rule? He established a commonwealth, which is a representative government, meaning a step towards democracy. Unfortunately, Cromwell never abided by the Constitution and ruled as a military dictator. He promoted Puritan morality, so he made the Puritan supporters very happy. However, he did favor religious toleration, except for toleration of Catholics. This is the legacy of England. Cromwell died in 1658. What came after Cromwell's rule? A period referred to as the Restoration. Charles II took over. Just as Cromwell took away a lot of the fun things in English society, Charles II restored the theater, sporting events, dancing, etc. Charles II is also known for installing a famous law called habeas corpus, which is incredibly influential in our society, in American society today. It was a law that gave every prisoner the right to appear before a judge. The result Prisoners could not be held indefinitely and held without trials. This is a huge step towards limiting the power of kings. What came after Charles II's rule? There was no real heir, therefore Brother James was sought to inherit throne. The Whigs opposed James, and the Tories supported him. The Whigs and the Tories are the first political parties of England. James II, who was a Catholic, offended his subjects was overthrown by his daughter Mary, who happened to be a Protestant, who was married to William of Orange. This bloodless overthrow is referred to as the Glorious Revolution. What was the result of William and Mary's reign? England became a constitutional monarchy. A constitutional monarchy is a monarchy with a king or queen, which is limited by law. So it limited the power of the king. Parliament drafted the Bill of Rights in 1689. The Bill of Rights indicated That there could be no suspending of Parliament's laws. You couldn't just dissolve Parliament when you didn't agree with their decision. There could be no levying of taxes without consent. No interfering with freedom of speech. And no penalty for a citizen who petitions the king. And lastly, the establishment of the cabinet system. So thanks for joining us. This concludes Absolute Monarchs in Europe, Modern World History, Lesson 2.